Hi, I'm Sarah DeLevesque, Editor-in-Chief at GEI News, and today I'm here speaking with Paul Pittman, CEO of Farmland Partners. And Paul, you just finished a session for us, moderating on um, farmers' uh, reception to ag technologies, and it's very interesting. So we're going to follow up with a little bit of a discussion. Sure. I'd like to ask you some questions. Um, Paul, you have a really interesting background in ag and ag tech that I don't think very many people know about. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, sure. I mean, a lot of, a lot of folks think of me as a person with a farm background and a Wall Street and finance background. I actually also was a technology entrepreneur in my career, and I did a startup, a dot-com, uh, back in literally in the year 2000, and we survived, and that company was modestly successful and eventually was merged into another company. And, and we made an ERP system for home builders is what we did. Uh, and then I also uh, did a large tech acquisition with Steve Wozniak, of course, one of the co-founders of Apple, and a gentleman named Gil Emilio, who is a little less known, but also quite famous. He was the, uh, had been briefly the CEO of Apple, but before that was the CEO of National Semiconductor. We bought a semiconductor company, turned it around, uh, fixed the, the, the cost structure of the company, and eventually sold it uh, to Tower Semiconductor. So I have... Uh, Quite a bit of understanding of what tech entrepreneurs are up against in terms of trying to do, you know, create market entry opportunities into into ag tech. Very interesting. And now you're kind of working on the other side of that with the farmland investing that you're doing, yes. and uh, with 265 or approximately 265 farms under contract, um, what has been your experience with the use of ag tech on the farms? Yeah, so investing? we we own about 265 farms, about 110,000 acres across the country, but of course. Those farms are farmed by 75 tenants. We are a landlord, not directly a farmer. And important to understand is that those farmers don't only farm the land we own. That group of farmers probably farms in the neighborhood of half a million or more acres overall. So it's a relatively you know, meaningful, frankly, percentage of, of total farmland. And so that group of tenants, we often introduce them to new technology opportunities when people come to our office with an idea, but we don't force them uh, to adapt or to adopt. Uh, every you know, farmer is different. Every farmer's needs are different. If we see a good technology, we certainly give that company or entrepreneur an opportunity to make the pitch to our tenants, but they really have to make the sale themselves because you know, we're not, we, we don't really, we want to be a landlord. We don't want to directly be the farm operator. And, and if that's the role you see yourself in, it's important that you don't kind of force this technology uh, down their throats, but really do open up the opportunity to them. So does, uh, does ag tech play a role in any of your farmland investing decisions? A absolutely. I mean, when, you know, when people, you know, think about ag tech, um, you know, I think there's often a, somewhat narrow view that it's all about precision farming or it's about um, you know the use of remote sensing or it's the use of building these kind of ERP systems that take data off of tractors. Ag as an industry, food production as an industry is a technology industry. You know, the seed, the chemicals, the machinery, the animal husbandry practices, all of this is technology based. This is a science based industry. And so the farmers are very technologically savvy. They just are very commercial in terms of their business decisions. And so they're not going to, I think a lot of people think that they're slow adopting. They're not actually slow adopting. They're very quick to adopt if it has a good ROI. But if it doesn't have a good ROI, they will never adopt it. They don't view technology as a toy, they view it as a tool. And that tool has to, 
has to perform. So when you start thinking about our investment strategy, we you know spend a lot of money and a lot of time on water. Okay, so we you know we probably have some of the most uh, technologically advanced irrigation systems available, whether they're from the Lindsay Corporation or from Valmont or some of the others. We uh, spend an awful lot of time on the other end of water, which is controlling excess water as opposed to putting water on. So the technology that's used for field tile, um, everything from the way the field tile is placed, which is all GPS based, and the management not only of the placement of the tile lines, but the slope of these tile lines through the field um, is all you know, generally a GPS based process. The, way the tile itself is made and how it's perforated and you use different types of tile and different soil types because you got to get the water into the tile without filling the tile with mud and and so there's an immense amount of technology in this process and then you can take the irrigation and the tile together and it's about managing water part of the year you're too wet part of the year you're too dry but you don't want to use the tile to get the soil too dry or you spend way too much money to get it wet again. And, and so it's a real balance. And now all of that is often monitored with soil, monitored with soil probes and all sorts of other ways mm -hmm. uh, to look at the soils. And I could go on and on about the yeah. kind of technology that we use in terms of the improvements for farms. I mean, grain handling would be another one. We make a lot of investments in uh, grain elevators on behalf of our farm tenants. And the amount of equipment used in modern grain handling not only to dry the crop in the first place, but to make sure the crop is maintained in high quality. You know, most of these large grain uh, bins will have sensors for heat, sensors for moisture, ways to shift the grain around to maintain it in good condition. Um, it's all pretty technologically yeah. advanced, way more than, than people think. I would think, yeah, a lot of intricacies yeah. there. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned something when, when you first started that conversation about um, farmer adoption. And, um, you know, if they're not adopting, you said this in your session as well, if they're not adopting, then it's probably not, um, th that the farmer's not tech savvy, it's probably something to do with the technology. What do you think, uh, or what advice would you give ag tech providers to um, help increase adoption rates? Well, I think, I think the first thing is, is that, is that it's, they, they don't, they have to approach the farmer as a business customer, and it's a B2B sale, not a consumer sale. So there is no tolerance for products that are buggy, products that aren't really completed, products that don't work. You know, if you're running an experiment and you're running a beta test, don't try to sell it to the guy. Um, it'll just make him mad and you'll probably never get a second chance because they're busy people running tight margin businesses and they don't want to waste time and money on products that don't work. I think that's number one. Number two is simplicity and standardization of operations. The one comment about farmers that may be a little bit true is most of the guys running the farms are guys like me. You know, they're in their late 40s, 50s, maybe men, maybe women, but we're not quite as quick in terms of picking up new technology. My 12-year-old daughter is quicker with her iPhone than I will ever be. But it's not that I'm not involved in technology, it's just that I'm too busy to, to go up some really long and steep learning curve on something new. Give me standardization. Give me something that works. Give me something that's easy to use and show me an ROI right away. And we'll adopt it quickly. But if you don't do that, you know, not likely to be adopted at all. Right, right. Good advice. 
So then you work uh, with a lot of different technology, at least your, your farmers do. Um, what do you think is the greatest opportunity or the greatest need in the ag tech space right now in terms of innovation? Well, you know, agriculture is a very broad universe. So, so I'll answer your question, but I got to break it into a couple different okay. pieces. Great. So if you're dealing with any good that gets directly in to the consumer, in, into the consumer consumption chain, you know, directly from the farm to your mouth, okay? And that's most of the livestock is that situation, most of the vegetables, most of the fruits and nuts. Traceability is actually the hot issue there, and quite sensibly so, right? It, it's, you know, everybody talks about it in terms of this, in the sense of people want to know where their food comes from. I, I actually personally think that's a little too trite. The bottom line is it's a phytosanitary issue about where that food came from and if there is an outbreak of some sort of disease to be able to very quickly figure out and it's amazing in our system today that you get a salmonella outbreak and they can trace it back to a single avocado somewhere that is an amazing technological feat and one that's really important to the safety mm -hmm. of our food supply so so in all of the direct consumer product lines uh, you know, which is most of the proteins and then, of course, the fruits, vegetables, nuts. Um, that, that, I think, is the big issue. When you go to the, to, the, to the products produced that are really produced for a processing market, one step away from direct consumption. So most of the grains, you know, if the apples end up in applesauce instead of on the, on the shelf as an apple, they, they're processed in a way. So these phytosanitary issues on all the processed goods kind of go away. Right, because they're you know the, the products cook, the products mm -hmm. transformed in some way. Then it's all about the kind of the ER, what I would think are the ERP system type products, and I use that very broadly. You know, the ability to manage and grow your crops more efficiently, to account for that process, and I don't just mean accounting in a, in, in, a, in a financial sense, but plan the process, direct your employees, the real functions of an ERP, of an enterprise resource planning system. And then finally, the marketing of those products and the transfer of them from your farm to your ultimate uh, buyer. That's, I think, the hot technology area in that, in that part. And that can go in a, you know, that's like an octopus. There's a lot of tentacles. Mm -hmm. You know, it's managing your planters and your monitors and all your equipment-related products. It's all the accounting functionality and the business planning functionality. It's all of the yield mapping and so on and so forth. It's everything that has to do with fertility and fertility planning and VRT, variable rate technologies. And so it goes on and on and on. Um, you know, but, but I think you really have to break the business into those two pieces because mm -hmm. it's a different needs and different, for sensible reasons in between those two parts of the business. Well, that's very interesting. It sounds like there's plenty of opportunity out there then. For there, there, no, there certainly is a plenty, plenty of opportunity for innovation in the the farmers will adopt and there'll be some very successful new tech companies grow up in the, in, in the coming years, I'm sure. Well, this has been very interesting. I enjoyed your unique perspective and thank you for talking to us today. Thank you very much. Thank you.